the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Greetings, it's meeting time. Now, last week, we completed the introduction of the first nine steps of the 12 steps, the 12 principles of recovering and healing from any type of addictive or fractured lifestyle. Now, let me emphasize, we introduced these steps. You see, our meetings, they're not meant to be an in-depth study but an insight of God's healing power through his written word. And that's where these life-changing principles were birthed. Now, let me say this. There's no doubt in my mind that addiction of any type is demonic. Satan lures us like a spider to his web. He promises pleasure, power, and happiness. But the end result is being entrapped by Satan's control, much like the spider's prey, And he controls our mind, body, and soul. And that leads to sin, jails, institutions, or death. So if I've described how you're existing, if you're living with guilt, written secrets, feeling helpless and hopeless, as I've said many times, that's why we're here. We're here for you. And we pray that our meetings inspire you to join us on this journey of recovery, that you apply God's instructions to your life, draw closer to the saving power of Jesus Christ, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and discover this new way of life. Listen, we all have a master, either Satan or God. I was a slave to Satan's sinful addiction for decades, but today... I meet with you with over 27 years of recovery and healing. But guess what? I'm still a slave. But I'm a slave to God. In Romans 6.22, the Apostle Paul teaches, But now you are free from the power of sin and become slaves of God. Look, those of us that follow this Christian journey of restoration are making God our master. And when you turn your life over to God by accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you start working on your recovery by applying these biblical principles to your life and attend recovery meetings, much like this one, God will clear away your destruction patterns of life, and he replaces them with healthy patterns and desires. He will break the spiritual chains of bondage and power that Satan controls your life with, and God will enslave you with his love, grace, mercy, and healing. God has forgiven my sins. He's raised me from my fall. He's broke the chains of addiction, and he's working on my flaws consistently. I don't know, but connecting with us, Sounds like a no-brainer to me. Now, a short version of what we experienced by applying these first nine steps, steps one through three. I can't do this. God can, and I'm going to let him. These three steps get us clean and sober. 
Step four through nine include discovering the root causes of our disease, surveying the damage we've caused to ourselves and others, confession, making amends, seek forgiveness, and forgiving others. And these steps keep us clean. And at this point, too many of us may feel that our work is done, that we're healed, and that's exactly what Satan wants you to think. We have to remember, Satan is a liar, a thief, and a murderer, and addiction is cunning, baffling, and powerful. Satan has many weapons to stall the spiritual journey and pull us back into his satanic web of addiction, one of which is pride. Pride will whisper in our ears, you're cured. You're not like those other addicts anymore. You see, Satan wants us to stop working on ourselves and settle for a nine-step program. He wants us to forget the power of addiction. And his whispers become a roar, and they bombard us with lies that revert us back to succumbing to his weapons of selfishness, resentment, fear, and dishonesty. And eventually, we lose our way and find ourselves relapsing right back into the abyss of addiction. King Solomon warns us, pride goes before destruction, haughtiness before the fall. Haughtiness means arrogance. So, how do we prevent this fall? How do we prevent Satan's carnage from resurfacing in our lives? Simply stated, recovery doesn't end with nine steps. And the only way to tell Satan to get behind thee is by continuing our journey of restoration by applying the remainder of the steps, steps 10 through 12. These three principles teach us how to live clean and sober. So let's start learning this life lesson by introducing the 10th step of recovery, that we continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Look, those of us that applied these nine steps to our lives have come a long way toward developing this new way of life. These nine principles have enabled us to change some of our destructive behaviors and we've cleared away the wreckage of our past. But what about the present? What about the future? Recovery literature warns us that we are creatures of habit and we're vulnerable to our old ways of thinking and reacting. And if we're not diligent, we can create wreckage and pain in the present, which threatens our future and can lead to a fall. Remember, Satan is lurking in the background. He's waiting to trap us in our old ruts. He wants us to go into a dark place, a dark mood, and feel so much pain that we obsess for a quick fix. And one of the first things that we hear in recovery meetings is that if we use, we lose. Look, we don't have to be entrapped by Satan's lies that cause this pain and destruction. We have a choice, and that choice is to apply this 10th principle to our lives. It's in this step that we begin the maintenance part of our journey. You see, we learn how to sustain what we've accomplished, and we continue with confidence along this spiritual walk with the Lord. Our personal inventory is a daily examination of our strength, 
weaknesses, motives, and behaviors. In the past, we were burdened with this guilt and shame because of our inattention of our behaviors. We allowed small problems to become large in our prides, insensitivity, and I'm never wrong attitude caused havoc, chaos, grief in our lives and the lives of others. But in step 10, we do the opposite. We examine our conduct. We confess our wrongs whenever necessary. And we continue to right our wrongs as we go along. Look, this is not a one and done principle. This principle should continue for the rest of our lives. And having said that, we mustn't judge ourselves too harshly while we're working to maintain our actions and reactions. This journey is a progress. It's not perfection. So don't beat yourself up if you drop the ball. I have to tell you, with over 27 years of recovery, I've fumbled a few times myself. I'm still a work in progress. And when we find ourselves reverting back to our old behaviors, I've learned we must look within ourselves, see our errors, admit them, make amends, and seek God's guidance in correcting them. Look, this step points the way towards spiritual growth, and it can only be accomplished by the leading of the Holy Spirit and the teaching of God's Word. It's God's love letters that thread together our healing and freedom from any form of bondage as we inhale His instructions in our inner being, spot-checking our walk with Him on a daily basis. Speaking of the Word... I ask you to reference James 1, 21 through 25. Let's go there. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. Humbly accept the word God has planted in your heart. It has the power to save your souls. Don't just listen to the word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, It's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So, what lessons are we to learn from this teaching How do we rid ourselves of the filth and evil in our lives? And the answers are in the Bible. Look, too many of us have dust on our Bibles, or we read it because we feel obligated. We study it in an academic way without even being affected by it. We must go to the Word with a submissive and humble spirit and let it speak to us. David teaches He leads the humble in doing right, teaching him his ways. As God speaks to us, we must have a deep desire, willingness to obey his teaching and to do whatever he instructs us to do. When we look in the mirror, think about this. When we look in the mirror and it tells us to shave, comb our hair or that our lipstick is smeared and we just walk away and forget about it, the mirror is of no benefit to us. Much the same way reading scripture, seeing what must be changed, but quickly forget 
and go on living as if we have it all together. And this is what prevents our spiritual growth. You see, reading the Word without a change in our behavior is like that person looking in the mirror and forgetting what they saw. But James is teaching us that the Bible should be like our spiritual mirror. This illustration supports the 10th step in which we make a routine personal inventory. And as we look into our spiritual mirror and examine our lives, we need to respond with immediate action if something has changed. Obeying our scriptural mirror, the Bible, we're going to find freedom from all behaviors and this carnal way of thinking. We don't forget what we've read. Rather, we seek to live it out in each and every day and take the proper steps to fix our wrongs. Each day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. Obeying God's word protects us from damaging our lives and bringing incalculable blessings to our soul. And I pray the mirror of God's word helps you to see what needs to be altered, enabling you and me to be more Christ-like. And then we can sing the words of the old hymn, count your blessings one by one. Amen. Next week, we're going to continue introducing step 10, and I want you to reference Matthew 13, verses 1 through 9, and verses 18 through 23. 